This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. You sound happier and more upbeat. Is that because you haven't got a technical foul and you haven't had to get lectured when you go home recently? You've been keeping it. You've been living on the right side of the line, Joe. Um... Nah, the technicals don't phase me either way. <laughs> that's, that's not that's not going to ruin my day. Um, no, I'm just, I, you know, the the best thing about it is I think I'm just enjoying the weather. I'm so glad the sun's uh, finally out, properly, like out, and it's shining and it's hot. I'm with you. I think a lot we of people all, are. We all are. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's been bizarre. So I'm glad that I woke up this morning and. My lawn was being mowed, and I could stand outside and have a coffee, and it was a good start to the day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm wondering how amusing you found that ESPN story that you're leading the league in something or other, because in our time with you, it's quite apparent that of all the NBA players I've ever been around, you probably care least about personal statistics. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's funny because I, I, mean, I genuinely – Really don't care. Um, and Ken, like I said it in the, the article with Tim, but I everyone was telling me about this stat, and I'm like, I have no idea what this thing is. Like, so I, I I did check it out. I tried to like Google it to see, and I still had no idea what it really meant. And then I still honestly don't really care. Um, the only thing that made me laugh one time, I think it was last week. It came up about when I was shooting from three, close to 50 or 49 or whatever it was. And um, I think it was a coach basically made a joke saying, well, it just shows that you're not shooting enough if you're shooting that good a percentage, like you need to shoot more. So I was like, all right, well, I'll try to shoot some more. So um, it is what it is. It's, It's whatever, cool or whatever. People can write an article about it get their clicks, but uh, I couldn't care less. So I get the not caring about the individual stat, but the fact is one of the reasons the team has such a good record is because they have so many people who are so efficient when they shoot the ball. I mean, you can do a bunch of things great in a game, but if you can't shoot the ball, that's what they give you the points for. 
That's how they decide who wins. And it doesn't matter if it's free throws, if it's stuff in the lane, if it's three-pointers. You are very efficient. So whichever coach told you, whether it was Quinn or one of the assistants, who said you need to shoot more because you're that efficient, they are 100% on target. But I also feel like watching you play, that message has has been sinking in. You've probably heard a lot, and you're absorbing it. Am I right? For sure. Um, and not a lot in a bad way, as in over, overdoing it or anything, but um, just being, I guess, aware of the fact that I can be a bit more aggressive. Obviously, with, with Mike and Donovan out too, there's 50 extra shots to take between those two. Um, just aggressive, being more assertive. Um, the Spurs, for example... Pick and roll going to my left um, to try and stop my, my drive going left. And that's why, I mean, I, I think I missed the first three or four or something. But coach was like, that's a show you get. Like, um, so that first time out, it was like, all right, Rudy set it, set it a little bit lower and I'm going to shoot it every time. And I'm, obviously, I feel like eventually, even if I miss a, a couple of them, I'm going to make some. Um, so I just had to kind of had to stick with it, I guess, and um, that, that's probably a little bit of the difference of in the past, um, probably not kind of more recently, but like earlier on in my career, if I missed those first couple, I was a lot more hesitant to, to keep firing them up, um, where, like, regardless of percentages or field goals or like whatever these stats mean, um, I've just got to keep shooting the shots that are, are there for me to take and um, obviously I feel like um, the, the last couple of years how, how good my shots felt uh, I feel like at some point I'm, I'm going to make shots so um, yeah just trying to be aggressive and, and aware of the situations that I can be aggressive and can get a shot because um, I think we saw that there was a few possessions even last night that we get we don't take some shots that are that are good shots because we're trying to get a better shot, but then we end up getting stuck in late clock. And I said it to Trent a couple of times. Like Trent was almost getting it was like it was he, him getting stuck with the ball with five seconds a bunch of times. So we've uh, we, we've got to take the shots as a team when they're there. Um, and as unselfish as we are, we've got to take um, even though we think we can get a better shot. Sometimes we're still going to be able to take um, that, those good shots. So I think a lot of Jazz fans, because they've never won a title, they, they're scarred and they think that if there's something that can go wrong, it will go wrong, and they worry about stuff. And now it seems like the latest worry is, oh, my gosh, things are going well and guys are playing well. But what's going to happen when Conley and Mitchell get back? I mean, what's going to be able to be done to make sure everybody's playing at a high level? How much concern do you have about those guys being able to come back and jump right back into it? Uh, zero. That answers your question. <laughs> yes, it does, and that's what I thought your answer would be. Uh, but I, mean, I don't get—I get don't get why people get worry. Exactly. Let's not get it twisted. We won. I don't know how many games in the year before they like say before Donovan did his ankle. What was our record? Our record was like I don't know forty something and eight or ten or eleven or something. Like we won all those games with our full team. Like, I missed a couple. Mike might have missed a couple early on. I think Donovan missed one. Um, 
I think I like out of anyone. I think I probably missed the most in that first like half of the year with the four games. I sat out with my Achilles. Um, so let's not get it twit like there's no magic potion that they're out. We're playing well. Like we were playing probably better with those guys in our team. Um, like yeah, we've had to figure out different ways at the moment. Like Trent's come in and played well. Um, different guys, JB, Jarrell's come in and played well. Spot his kind of spot minutes. Like these guys have come in and played well, and I think I think that's a good thing for our group. If something does happen, knock on wood, later on in the the year or the playoffs, we've got guys that are confident to be able to come in and, and, and play meaningful minutes. Uh, I think Trent's probably the most obvious one to the eye because he's, he's been out there with our main group for, for big stretches. Um, but, like, JC's had to, to take more responsibility. I've played basically full-time point guard except for when Trent's in the game, uh, which is, is different for me. Um, like, George starting it. He, he's played really well. Boyan's... Um, Definitely kind of up his, his level and probably just more his efficiency taking taking the shots we wanted him to take early on in the year um, and obviously also making them. Um, but when those guys come back, it doesn't change. I mean, it's, we've got two more pretty pretty special players that are going to come in and be aggressive and play their games and, and we'll all figure it out. I'll go back to the bench and George will go back to the bench and we'll, we'll uh, kind of go back to how we will play early on You know, I thought there were a couple of really interesting things in that story that ESPN.com did on you and the your your true shooting percentage and all that. There were a couple nuggets in there. And one was you talked about a specific play that bugged you, a coach must have queued it up, where uh, Trevor Ariza was in the paint getting ready to take a charge and they throw the ball to you, and your three-point shot at that point is so long and so slow that he's able to get all the way out and contest it, and you, your quote sounded like you were horrified. I mean, I read it, I didn't hear it, but having interviewed you enough here on, on your radio show, it just sounded like you were horrified, and there was a big motivator for you to change your game. How de- Can you tell people how deep a dive and how detailed these individual film sessions are and how much some of this stuff sticks with you? Yeah, it's, it's almost like uh, one of those things that you like go to bed thinking about. Cause it was my, I think it was my first year. It was, it was early on in my career, probably my first year or two. Um, and at that point, Trevor was probably in his prime, kind of late 20s, early 30s. Um, and I, I just remember, like, like whoever driving the ball and throwing it to me, and kind of in my mind, like, sweet, I'm going to get a nice, like, open look. Um, and at that stage of my career, I wasn't probably shooting well, or I was barely shooting, so to get an open look was nice. And he was, he was literally in the paint, and he, he, I think, he could, like contested the hell out of it, or he might have even blocked it. Like it was one of those two things that, like. It was almost that welcome to the NBA of like, all right, like I'm not going to get my shot off if I don't speed it up or kind of become more efficient with like the mechanics of catching it and getting it to my my shot pocket and shooting it. And um, yeah, I mean you break it down with coach, with your individual coach, um, and it's, it's an emphasis, I guess, in my what was an emphasis in my in my shooting sessions going forward of like. If I want to play here and I want to play well and I want to help the team and I want to 
stay on the court, um, I'm going to have to figure this out. And um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a a moment that has stuck with me because I, I still remember it to this day. But yeah, I just had to, you know, I guess, it opened my eyes to like, oh, I'm going to have to put in the work to to get in the gym and, and get my shot off quicker and figure it out. And, um, I remember like also those first few sessions, like you missing a ton of shots because it's, it's not that I changed my technique of my shot, but the, the speed of it needed to be like almost like <laughs> like double the speed that it was. Like I would, we've talked about it here, but like catch it and kind of drop it down and then bring it back up. It was like almost to the point where I'm at now where like wherever I catch it, I, I need to shoot it from. So um, yeah, it was a lot of time and effort and um, kind of lonely nights or days just kind of shooting and shooting and repetitive and um, but I obviously feel like it got me to the point where I'm at now where if I catch a high I can shoot it there if I catch a lower I feel like the speed from getting it from my hip or even like there's been um, passes where they've kind of like got deflected and they bounce to you and they're almost rolling and you've got to like pick it up and shoot it from that position because of the shot clock so any of those positions in time now I, I feel like very confident that I can make the shot, but um, yeah, it's a it's a process. I think yeah, everyone goes through it. Whatever level you've played at, there's there's no um, more athletic or fast or, or whatever league in the world than the NBA. So if you're in the NBL in college in Europe, wherever you are, the, the speed is is doubled or tripled or, or whatever it is. So um, everyone goes through it to to a certain extent. Yeah, and we've seen that, and we've that, that that one where you catch it around the neck and be able to shoot it or even higher has really been a phenomenal uh, progression and advancement in your game. I'm wondering about that finger roll that you had. I hadn't seen that or seen that many times. I mean, and it was against the Spurs. And I don't know if you know of a guy named George Gervin who, back in way back, perfected that finger roll. Is that something you practice? Um, I have shot it before. I actually thought I was going to be like at the, the position I was um, I was going to like ball fade, I was going to shoot a floater and he kind of backed off even more than big and I realised probably too late that he backed off and I still could have shot a, obviously still could have shot a floater because nobody was there but I just figured a layup's a bit easier and probably a high percentage thing going to shoot a floater, shoot a floater a little bit too long. It's coming off the back rim. At least if I lay it up, I've, I've got the rim and the backboard to, to kind of let it roll around and, and hopefully drop in. So, um, yeah, I definitely wasn't planning to shoot that, but at last kind of split second, I realised he dropped off, and I just wanted to, I wanted to just make a shot. To be honest with you, so whatever I had to do <laughs> for it to go in. Uh, you also talked in that story about as you shorten the motion, and we've seen it, you can now catch a pass right on your forehead and shoot it in one quick motion. It is like the shortest, quickest, most efficient shot I could uh, I could imagine. But I've also seen enough passes hit you in the forehead. I, I'm at the point I don't really believe that's an accident anymore. How much are your teammates dialed into all of this and aware of where you need the ball? And they're really precise with where they throw it. Yeah, I mean, we've got um, little, like, I don't know, like, sayings or jokes within the team um, or, or coach, like, coach, you guys know, coach, coach comes up with, like, some crazy-ass name for, like, everything. 
So um, there was one day that I don't know what point it was. It was probably, I'm assuming it was after a day we had like 30 turnovers and he was probably losing his mind and was 15 coffees deep at 5 a.m. and hadn't slept. And um, one of those days, and he, he came in talking about throw, like throwing strikes. Like if we if we want to be a good team, we want to obviously help our, our teammates out by passing the ball well for, for me to get Donovan a shot. And, and again, it goes back to, a little bit of that is like the, the time that you have to actually shoot the ball. Like it's, if you get a bad pass, it can affect you actually being able to catch and shoot the ball. And we've got we got guys that catch and shoot the ball at a, a really high level. I don't know how what percentage anyone shoots or anything, but I know for a fact the way we shoot the ball at practice and in games, like we've got a team that can can shoot the ball at a high clip. So if we throw strikes, then we we're actually like we're obviously about to be able to shoot the ball and, and, and make the make the shot. So um, we put a lot of emphasis. At, uh, granted, we haven't had many practices this year, but um, I, I'm throwing like so. If it's five on zero, we'll be like scripting through some offense, going through what we want to run for the next game or whatever it is. And if you don't throw a strike and it's a bad pass, like we're redoing the offense. Like coach is making the that group go again and like redo the whole like the whole play or set or whatever we're doing. So, I mean, guys are dialed into it because we don't have a choice. Like, coach is going to hold us accountable to it, which is, is, is good. And it's it, like even the players to a certain extent, like sometimes you think coach is overdoing it with some things or like does it does it make that bigger difference or, or whatever. But it, it really does. And I think our guys dial into those things and we, we try and be as good as we can at them, I think. Like the turnovers is is another one. Like we we do have games of, of high turnover games, and some of them it's like we we are an unselfish team. We're going to move the ball. We're going to pass the ball. We're going to have more turnovers than other teams because we are unselfish. But it's the it's the bad turnovers that hurt you the most. The ones where like the, I had one like I threw it to Rudy in transition and it bounced off his hip or whatever. Like. Those ones, like, that was a bad one because, one, Rudy was running full speed and I threw it way too hard. But um, that's just an example of a, a bad one. Like, if you are driving under the hoop and trying to find Rudy late or trying to kick it out for a better shot or, or something like that, it's, it's a different turnover to, to a live ball turnover, which gets them in transition and then we're running back and we have to Euro foul or, or we're giving up an and one because we're late on, on running back in defense. So um, we, we do take pride as a team on those those little details. Um, and, and I think it makes a difference. You can roll your eyes sometimes thinking coach is a little crazy, but um, he, he knows what he's talking about. And, and, and our guys dial in on, it, dial in on those things and, and try and do it when we can. So this is a get-what-you-need day for the Jazz, and Joe Ingles has everything that he could possibly need. What does he want or do on a get-what-you-need day? Um, I literally just drove into the parking lot of the facility right now. I'm sitting in the car park. There's nobody else here. I think Mike uh, Elliott's here and a couple of our trainers. Um, So I dropped Jacob. Uh, school came in, had to speak to you, knuckleheads, and then yeah, I'll just go in, get some recovery, get some treatment. Um, for me, it's especially with 
the guys out at the moment, just about the, re- the re- recovery um, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, get some recovery in for the next probably couple of hours. I'll be here and then get home by lunchtime, have some lunch with Renee and go pick up the kids from school later, probably take them to the park or out, like in, out, out, out of the backyard or whatever, get in the sun and um, that'll be about it. So a relaxing day for me. American life for an Australian. I like it. Trying to be as un-American as... <laughs> you know me. There's, if, if, if there's going to be one person that's trying to stay uh, stick to his roots of, of Australia, it's me. Well, I don't know how you handle here in Australia or down in Australia, but here in America, as guys, we try not to mess up Mother's Day, and I would recommend uh, Pajama Gram or Minky Couture, but for no particular reason. That's just me. Just throwing it out there. You take care of Renee. Renee. I, uh, she's probably not listening to this because I don't know what she's doing right now. But uh, like, she's not. She's on the board of uh, Show Up, though. You should, uh, everyone should get on board of that. So she's yeah, help. I saw that. What is that about? Um, we're with Spencer Cox's wife, um, who's, what do they call her, the first lady of Utah or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But basically... Kind of uh, unifying, I guess, unifying um, kids with special needs or disabilities to to be included with um, the the regular kids at, at school. So instead of the the school having a basketball team for the special needs kids and a basketball team for the the I don't even know what you call the regular quote unquote normal kids. Um, they're unifying them and putting them together so that the 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 special needs kids get to to blend in with them and and vice versa. They both get a, a taste of kind of what it's like and and the you know, I guess the whole inclusion and and not letting anyone feel not wanted or unappreciated or or anything like that. So it's uh, something that obviously we're passionate about with, with Jacob anyway. Um, but to be able to get, I think it's in a, a few schools in Utah here, but we're well, not we, Renee, and the board that, that she's on um, with Abby Cox and, and Ash, I think Ryan Smith's, uh, Smith's wife is on it as well. Um, trying to get it in basically in every school so that the, the option is there. And it's, uh, I mean, I think it's something that's extremely important. I think not just in, in schools, but in every workforce and job and company, I feel like it someone with autism or invisible disability or whatever it is shouldn't be not included or not looked at for a job just because of, of what they're dealing with. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, and it gives Renee uh, a hell of a lot of work to do, which she's, she's excited about. I don't know if you follow Abby Cox on social media, and I don't know how much you know about the whole picture with the Bidens and the Carters and all that, but uh, Abby Cox with a hilarious take I retweeted it, and uh, you can go check it out on Twitter. It'll crack you up. <laughs> you retweeted it to your nine followers? Uh, yeah, right, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> what a, what I'm telling you about it so you can retweet it to your million followers, and people can enjoy it in multiple hemispheres. Six of your nine followers are in your studio with you right now. Uh, actually, there's no one in the studio with me. It's still COVID times here. Uh, well, that sucks for you guys. Uh, not for pk not so much it'll change soon (laughs) yeah right all of us will be back together and we'll get renee and the kids in the studio we will actually we'll do that for sure we'll do a live show that'd be awesome we're up for it cool
All right, Joe, we appreciate it. You get your uh, treatment and your recovery, and uh, we will watch you play the Nuggets, and then we will talk to you again next week. Awesome. Thanks, guys.